Christian Parenting. Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center, no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a faith-based counseling center in Austin, Texas, offering online teletherapy for those that live in Texas but outside the Austin area. If you have questions and would like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, powered by the Christian Parenting Podcast Network, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Doctors Jimmy Myers and Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox, and I'm Josh. And I am Jimmy, and we spent quite the Sunday afternoon. Thank yesterday. you for joining us. Um, I didn't feel like I fully greeted them. Oh. We are so happy to have you. Yeah. Do I sound excited? Uh huh. Man, it is a joy to be with you today. What would be a joy is us talking about yesterday afternoon. <laughs> Um, because we're going to do a, a chapter out of the book Fearless Parenting, where you can where any fine books are sold. The book that I did in 2017 with George Barna, and in 2017, so that would have been three years ago. You had children, but were any of them doing sports three years ago? Yeah, yeah, Ruth. What'd she do? She started the whole little soccer and t-ball at thing three and four. Three yeah, and four. she'd have been four. Well, it's full bore now. You have three children, all of them. All in pushing. I was going to say, take up my weekend, (laughs) being forced to go and watch them. We are doing four and under for you, soccer. Yes. Six U, T-ball, and eight U, softball. Yes. So, we had Sammy, uh, who's the three-year-old. Oh, my gosh. Yesterday. And <laughs> you had to bribe him of unless unless he went in and played, he would not get a treat. Any good, and you know this, any good Myers man can be bribed. Is moved by food primarily, really only by food though. Um, but what, he kinda, what would I have to treat you to to get you to play soccer? You couldn't afford it. What would it be? Pork chop at Perry's, a pheasant. Pot pie. <laughs> Where would the pheasant have to be from? <laughs> Southern Wyoming. <laughs> which is, I just got back. Did you bring your birds? No. Steve has any of the birds that we brought home. We ate most of them. Oh, nice. Well, on the trip. Uh, we When we were up there, we all kind of got together and... And just you would kill them and then just rip you know, them apart in the field. And, oh, okay. we, as a family and everybody, we, we consumed most of those. We started, yeah, it got me thinking about you because know, there's everyone's cheering on. And when you're in three year old soccer, you don't necessarily have a lot of sports parents that are screaming about your footwork and hiring position coaches. Normally, that's not happening uh, in three year old soccer. But it started me thinking because when you look at the eight year old softball that's taking place, woof, we get killed. Yes. But you also have some parents there and some coaches there that are starting to get a little ramped. Yes. And they're yelling. And we don't ramp. No. Our team does it. Some no. of our parents can ramp, but our team and our coaches don't ramp. 
Exactly. Why it's a great environment. But it reminded me of just, you know, readdressing, because one of the chapters in the book was called The Push, and it's about our kids in sports and just the whole sports kind of thing that is going on now. And when you have your child participating, and I got to tell you, I look at that and I will not Sammy and Sully or anything, but I mean, because they're too little, but you start looking, you go, Ooh, you know, Hey, you know, some of my grandkids look uh, pretty good. Actually, uh, Ruthie can tag that ball. Mm-hmm. Right. Just three feet in front of her. Why her walk-up song is hammer time. Don't touch this. So I get it. Cause I'm starting to get there again. Uh, you you're just now entering into where they're actually kind of playing now yep. and you kind of see something they have a little talent or not. And so it's it it becomes a thing and you get all excited if they get asked to join a travel squad when they're nine and it'll only cost you four thousand dollars for uniforms and they're gone 52 weeks out of the year. It just gets crazy. So I thought it would be a good time to readdress this issue that uh, we, we talked about it on the show before, just about kids in sports. So real quickly, just some numbers. There are, I forget how many, something like 58 million kids under 18 in, in, in the United States, something along those lines, around 60 million. Well, 40 million kids play sports of some kind, 40 million kids. Now, less than 20 of those, 20% of those will play in high school. So if your kid is playing a sport in high school, they're already a winner. But when you talk about now graduating seniors, what percentage of them will go on to play professional sports? 0.04%. Wait. They don't. So high school athletes, varsity athletes, Mm -hmm. 0.04 make it to the bigs? Uh, Yeah. Point That's zero. surprisingly high. Yes. Uh, and and by the way, the numbers aren't that much great to go play college sports either. So for the most part, your kid is going to play sport. They're not going to play professional. They're not. They're just not. I would, I would tell you, do not plan on winning the lottery for your retirement. And don't anticipate your child playing professional sports. Unless he's a Myers. Mm, well, yeah. So... It's if parents go into it that way, but I think just down deep someplace, these parents want this child. Mine's going to be the one. Yes. They already have this 30 for 30 going on in their head. They're going to just remember him when. Yeah. My, my father, my inspiration. He would never take the field at three. (laughs) He wouldn't go out on the field. But then he turned it around. Oh, so. Your kid's going to play sports until he's about 14, then he's going to move on. That's that's the vast majority. Yeah, the overwhelming vast majority. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's the strangest thing because growing up, um, most prize athletic ability, mm-hmm. and that's the child and the parent, but there's really only a six-year period in one's life that it matters how far you can throw a ball. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we spend so much time looking forward to those six years and then looking back at those six yes. years, it's insane. Preach it. That in adulthood, the things that are going to be able to be carried with you are musical instruments and art 
painting and stuff. And not that you just need to quit sports because they're meaningless. Uh, obviously, you can learn a ton of great things for a them. A ton of but, great things. Um, I'm very pro sports. It can't be all we look forward to and look back on. Well, it's like, you know, football. And in Texas, you know, football is a big deal. And, you know, it's always said, you know, you you play it for four years and you remember it for, for 40. 40. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we went back a few years ago to our high school reunion. What did you talk about? Oh, well, most of them, you know, wanted me to recount my exploits on the football field. Yep. It got embarrassing. Your honorable mention. Mm-hmm. All districts. And <laughs> I can't believe they even, do they really have patches for that? <laughs> Oh, so we were moving once. I'll just fill you in. And we founded my my letter jacket that I was so, so proud of. And Josh looked at it because Josh actually did well in high school sports. So he had one of the, you know, the letter jackets where there, there are patches down both sleeves and the back and all that stuff. And so he pulled mine out and he went, honorable mention, all district. Hmm. Fate. They, like, had patches for that? All those letters fit on the patch? <laughs> oh, man, that was that was a knife. That was a knife to my soul. Number 60. Mm-hmm. Number one in your hearts. So we, you see them. You see the sports parents. You see those parents that, that are taking this way too serious. You see the parents that it is that their kids' performance is all about them. You see them. You see them everywhere. And so those parents are the ones that exemplify the push, where the parents are pushing the child. So we thought we'd, 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 we'd have about six little warning signs that you might be involved in the push. And the first one being parents are getting their own needs for, need for self-worth uh, fulfilled through their child's sports performance. This is characterized by, again, caring more than the child. Number two, year-round non- and I think maybe a practical, you know, if you if you have a child that doesn't want to go to the batting cage every day, simply talk with them through that choice. You know, sweetheart, if you ever want to hit, you know... You like hitting. Uh, one out of every hundred pitches, you know, maybe you should... Uh-huh. You should go to the batting cage. Yeah. And if they're like, oh, I get that, but no. <laughs> if you're dragging them to the yes. batting cage, yes. you're pushing. Yes. There's another warning sign is year-round non-stop sports. That the year is just one long, never-ending season. You just change balls and uniforms. So it was in the in the in the day. I, you know, I looked forward to little league season, right? Oh my gosh, you with a uniform, I get these cleats. Well, now there is no little league season. It just it just washes into basketball season, and football season, and soccer season, and lacrosse. It's just one never ending year round sports that the kids never get a break from playing a sport of of some kind. The third warning sign that as a parent you may be pushing is year-round specialization. Now, it's no longer I'm playing all these sports all year long. It's that I am playing baseball year-round. And I'm seven. And I'm seven. And I'm going for Tommy John surgery when I'm 10 because these idiot 
adult whoa, men whoa, are whoa. telling this baby child to throw curveballs when his tendons aren't even mature enough to do that. You can't call idiots. They're boo-boo heads okay. is That's what they better. are. That's better. So if they specialize in this year round, and I remember talking to Brad McCoy, who was Colt McCoy, who was the quarterback at UT, and then he went up and he's still in the NFL as a backup quarterback. And all three of Brad's boys went on to play Division I football. Two of them started at the University of Texas over but a Where period. did the third go? Some Something somewhere. I don't know. So you're just going to throw out a stat and just not back it up. Yeah. Okay. And so I asked him, I said, you know, well, Hey Brad, you are like the, every sports dad's dream come true because all of your, you know, all three of your boys achieved, I mean, and they, like the highest levels of, of football specifically. And he said, yeah, he said, but I didn't ever, they all just did it. They all just wanted. They played basketball and they played football and they played baseball and uh and and so it was just this thing within their kids. And he says, you know, people have asked me what I did to produce these I didn't do anything uh to produce these kids. Uh which by the way is a truth for parents especially dads to embrace. And that is professional athletes are born, they are not created. You've got to have of a freakish physique, a freakish body, a freakish work ethic, and a freakish talent. All of those together. And if you lack one of those, you do you don't go. You only had two of them. Exactly. Exactly. Finally, someone understands. A fourth is all other aspects, so this is a warning sign of the push, is that all other aspects of the family's life fade away. And, and the entire family worships on the altar of whatever little sport that the, the, the kid is doing. Number five, you, you care more than the child cares about the wins, the losses, the whole thing. Um, and this is when you graduated and you were offered a scholarship, but a, like a Division two or whatever. And I was so excited because of the thought that I had sired a college athlete. And, D2. And mm-hmm. you said, are you out of your mind? No way. I'm so sick of this. <laughs> what? What? No. I mean, I was because re- apparently I cared more. I was into it more than my son. So, uh, and then the and here's the last thing. And this is the biggie. If you don't know, if you don't know whether you're pushing or not or whatever, here's the thing. When your child is playing sports, do you respond with anger? That's it. That's the number one distinguishing factor. And if you'll think about it, why would a parent respond in anger at a sport to a child's sporting event? You missed a block. You struck out three times during the game. You didn't run through first base like I've told you 15 times. Yeah. So it's not, it's not oh, I'm disappointed or my heart breaks because I know you're disappointed. It's I'm mad. Yeah. I'm angry that you did not perform. Uh, if you're getting angry, I mean, and you see just the other day at the little eight-year-old soccer, there was a dad yelling and he's, you know, and uh, she, you know, she hit it five feet or whatever. And you heard this dad yell from back going, come on. Eight-year-old soccer? No, it was oh, uh, softball. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, just a dad said, come on, so-and-so. And just like he'd held it in. <laughs> 
he couldn't take it anymore. As the coach, I drowned out the crowd noise. You have to. You have to on that level. So what do we do about it? I mean, what do we do about this other than stop it? Stop it. Your child isn't going to be playing professional sports. Nine out of ten chance he's not playing or she's not playing college sports. So just go have fun and go home and let it be what it is. But the solution is, first of all, you want to define what success is. Do you want to avoid the push? Well, what is it to succeed? Is your success playing pro sports? Is that it? Is your success getting a scholarship? Is that what success is to you? Or is it getting better? Is it having fun? Are we letting the kid define success? Or are we let- no, as a family, we as decide. As a family. Yeah, okay. decide what success is. Because everyone may have a different definition. For example, your child may have a different definition of success than you do. So define what that is. Uh, so we're at least we're all on the same page with the same expectations. Uh, number two is, again, letting the child lead. I think it's I personally think it's very important for kids to be involved in team sports. I just think there's a, a boatload of life lessons to be learned from doing team sports. You know, not just golf or tennis, which are great and wonderful, but there's a lot to be learned from team sports. However, let the kid lead. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, you're going to play a sport. And that's one sport over one season, and then you can have the rest of your year, but you're going to play a sport. Because as a parent, I think that's important because I think there are, there are life lessons to be learned from that experience. I think socially, it helps you to play a sport when you get into secondary school. So, And you know, you say your point is with letting the child lead you're not forcing practice. You're not forcing positional yep. coaches. You're letting them lead and how much they want. You can maybe again say one sport, but then let them take the mm-hmm. the bull by the horns. Mm-hmm. But on that same token, potentially the same coin just on the different side, the family has to come first. Yes. I know one of your problems was that the family doesn't come first. I think that's something that, yeah, your family takes the back mm-hmm. seat. But if you constantly find yourself exhausted because of too many sporting events and angry all the time, not necessarily at performance, but just you're tired and you're bitter that you can't just sit on the couch all the time. If your family life and schedule is driven by sports, there's potentially a problem. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a real quick example of a family I met with a few years back. The kid was uh, in middle school and training to be a uh, a gymnast and go to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. He came in first session, I was meeting him. I was like, well, I'm kind of do, I could do some CrossFit and some gymnastics myself. You know, you planning to be in the Olympics, jokingly with him. And um, he said, yeah, 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 probably 2028. <laughs> like he had, he was on track. Yes. Yes. You know, but he would practice during the week, but he never attended competitions in on the weekends because his older brother and sister had debate on the weekends. Hmm. And his parents were like, your time will come. Mm. Your job right now is to support your older brother and sister. A kid training to be in the Olympics. Nice. And he had to take a back seat because his family came first. I thought that that's such a great picture of of that point. I mean, here as a a parent, especially a Christian parent, you're raising your kids and you pray before bed and meals and you do devotions. And then your kid 
gets invited to a select lacrosse team and they have tournaments every Sunday. And the parent goes, yep, absolutely. Church, what church? I mean, it almost like null and voids. Everything you've ever taught that child is, are you kidding? Are you, oh, we, a select? Are you kidding? I, my child, is it so special that he's on a travel team? Of course we'll flush church for that. It's just crazy. I, I had a, a client several years ago and same deal. Uh, the kid was on a travel team and he got invited to some tournament that was going to cost like a couple of thousand dollars or whatever. And the dad went with the kid to that tournament. They used the money that the family was going to use to go to Disney World to pay for that. And the dad said, I don't know. The two younger, two younger sisters. Oh no, they'll understand. They'll be very excited that he. Yikes! Really? Oh, really? I'm sure those little girls were really excited for Bubba, who gets to play in this tournament. So, <laughs> anywho, so the last thing is, and we'll get out of here. It is to okay. No matter what your determination of whatever success is, no matter you teach your child that you try hard, you work hard, you practice hard, you play hard. Because Paul said in Colossians that we do everything like we're doing it for Christ. So you give it everything. You give it everything, not necessarily just to win, but you give everything because it's who you are. And in excellence, whether that's in academics or it's in music or it's in sports or whatever, you do everything as though you're doing it for Christ. And so it's not wrong at all to, to teach your kids to play hard. Get after it. Do the work. I mean, all that's very, very important, but it it doesn't have to be evidence of the push. It's just, no, we just want to have excellence, and we want to, we want to learn to what we do. We give it everything we've got to go do it. And at the end of the day, when your child succeeds on whatever level, that's great. Perfect. Wonderful. Go to college and have a great life instead of living in disappointment for what might have been sports-wise. You still disappointed about my sports? Oh, Lord, yes, every day. Every day. If you want more information about this episode, you can go to ParadoxPodcast.com. You can also go to ChristianParenting.org slash Paradox. Uh, You can find our other episodes there as well and our socials. We thank you guys for listening, and have a good day. See ya. For more information about the voice of the Paradox Podcast, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show and find the archive of all our past shows, go to paradoxpodcast.com. <laughs>